Good morning. Good morning. What a uh, great day we gather together. This is uh, one of my favorite days as a pastor, Confirmation Day. Uh, and I hope for you today, uh, it takes you back. Maybe it's a bit of a time warp, but it'll take you back to your Confirmation Day. Mine takes me back to Palm Sunday, 1977, April 3rd. Uh, where I and 27 other uh, young men and women uh, at First Lutheran uh, confirmed our faith, our belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And uh, today we are blessed uh, by these three young men uh, as they stand here before us. They share their faith essay and they confirm uh, the faith that began in them like it began in us in our baptism uh, what a joy it is to be together in God's house. A few things to draw your attention to as we gather today. Uh, we, uh, there's a number of things in the bulletin we'll draw your attention to. Uh, one, uh, for our early learning center and for you, the people of Amazing Grace, that is your ministry. Uh, we are here next Wednesday, a week away, uh, on Wednesday the 15th, 5.30, uh, for a celebration service, an abbreviated worship service at 5.30 uh, to celebrate uh, the end of the year, particularly for our uh, VPK, voluntary pre-K uh, children in the four-year-old class. So we hope you would be here for that. And then there is a dinner following, but we do need you to sign up. We'd love you to be there to celebrate with us. Uh, and then um, on Sunday the 19th, we have our uh, spring congregational uh, meeting. Uh, it is where we uh, elect to our board of directors, and we have some nominations that are in the bulletin for you this day as well. Uh, we have four people so far who have signed up for our Costa Rica mission trip, where over that week we will be building a house. Uh, there is information in the bulletin. There's more uh, of a uh, question uh, sheet, uh, answer sheet uh, in the fellowship area for you as well. Speak to me or Dana Ruland, and we'll be happy uh, to share with you uh, more information on that. Uh, and uh, I think everything else, uh, for the most part, is there uh, for your information. If you are a guest with us this morning, uh, whether you are here as part of the family uh, with these three boys, uh, or you uh, were led by the Spirit to be here, we pray as you come into this place that God, as He is here in His Spirit and Word, that He might meet you here, He might embrace you here, love you here, and assure you that He has forgiven you and that we have life and victory through Him alone. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And indeed, that is what we celebrate, gathering on the day of the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, one uh, prayer note uh, to share with you this morning. I uh, received a phone call early this morning uh, that our brother in Christ, John Wolf, uh, was called home last night. Um, John uh, had recently uh, been hospitalized for a little bit of congestive heart issue while there was diagnosed with um, esophageal cancer, uh, but uh, just yesterday he just wasn't feeling himself. Last night got up, uh, fell, uh, and as I said to somebody earlier, John today's singing on key <laughs> <laughs> before the king himself. So we may be sad, We celebrate because John confirmed his faith. Let's worship. We pray. 
Father, as we gather this morning, strange as it may be, what we've just heard about John is what it's all about. That every day, he lived with confidence, he lived with joy. He knew where he's going. And today as we gather, may we do the same. May we celebrate your love, the forgiveness, and the life you've given us through Jesus. Receive from us our worship. Receive from us our praise. And fill us, Lord, with the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let us uh, join together with the call to worship using these words from Psalm 148 you find before you on the screen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. We come with joy in our hearts to worship our Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun, moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Praise the Lord from the earth, king of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of earth. Praise him, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Let us stand and join together in singing.
in his son Jesus Christ and he still continues to meet us right here as we gather together around his word and the spirit and the sacrament of the table of the Lord let us now go to him with the confession of sin the Lord calls us through his servant Peter saying repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord dear brothers and sisters in Christ we are sinful people and in need of forgiveness and the refreshment that comes from God's grace in Jesus Christ. Having heard God's invitation to turn to him in repentance, let us confess our sins to our God of grace and love. We take this time for our own personal reflection. Let us join together. Lord Jesus, I've come today to again worship and thank you for being my Savior. You love me, provide me with all I need, and are always there for me. Yet I must at the same time admit how I fail to see myself as the sinner I am, in need of forgiveness and change. But your word makes it clear if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I therefore confess unto you, and before the family of faith gathered, all my sins, of failing to trust you always completely, of failing to confirm my faith daily by bearing witness to you, by saying I believe, but not standing up for what is true, your love, grace, and the life that only you can give. By the power of your Holy Spirit, and for the sake of Jesus Christ, enable me to see my sins and to change. Forgive me and enable me to live life anew for you in all I do. Amen. The Lord says in his word that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive. He has just heard the confession of your mouths and from your hearts. It is my joy to therefore announce that all of our sins are forgiven in the name of the God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. He is risen. Christ has come. Christ has died, Christ has risen, winning for forgiveness and life. Amen. You may be seated as we sing the song of praise.
Our first reading on this Confirmation Sunday is recorded in Acts chapter 9, beginning with the first verse. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him to a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on State Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, answered Ananias, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Here ends our first reading. Please stand in honor of the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to John. 
the 21st chapter, beginning with the 15th verse. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Lord, as we gather this day, we do so as your people. Those who have been marked with the cross of Jesus Christ, those who are identified as believers. And we do so, Lord, in love of you, the one, the only true God. Lord, may it be more than a label we carry. May it be more than uh, what we do in our actions, may it reflect our very heart and be integrated into our very lives in every area and in every way. That we might live in such a way to be your witnesses in this world, that others too will be drawn to you and know of your love and then respond with their love and faith back to you. Receive our gifts and our offering, Lord, and use them through this church and your people that many more may also come to know and believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated as we gather the offering. We ask you to please register your presence by signing the tablet at the end of each of the aisles. And we join together in singing the song. There's a space that his love can reach. There's no
great lead-in to this part of our service. I'm not sure what you did uh, as part of your confirmation service. Uh, I was telling uh, my family as we were driving back yesterday uh, from our daughter's baccalaureate that in my confirmation, we, 28 of us, did a drama. Uh, and But what we have been doing uh, here since uh, we began at Amazing Grace is uh, having uh, those who are being confirmed to pick a verse that somehow speaks to their faith and their relationship with the Lord, and then they write an essay based on that uh, verse they've chosen. Think about this song, guys. His name is I Am, and we just sang, I am holding on to you, that he will never let you go. And likewise, what it is reminding you, as well as every person gathered here, and also, not only is he holding on to us, but what better can we hold on to than the Lord himself? Brandon, how about you go and share with us uh, your essay, please? Hello, my name is Brandon Burns. Uh, the Bible verse that I personally have chosen is Philippians 4.13. I can do this through him who gives me strength. The reason why I have chosen this verse is because I looked at my own life and saw struggle. I have dealt with it, but I, but some of it I've struggled to this day and others I've gotten over with. For example, with my grandparents. I have seen them with pain for a long time. I've watched them deal with it in different ways. It, but it is getting to the point to where they cannot move without being in pain. I'm worried about them because I can't do anything except relieve the pain by moving their positions or doing other things. But the main reason why I trust what God says is what this, because I believe that God gives me the strength to overcome my problems. He will guide me through them like a shepherd would with his flock. He will keep me out of danger at any cost. This is how I know I can trust God, what he says in this verse. The verse spoke to me, so where will this strength come from? God, he gives me the strength to go forward in life. Whenever, whatever obstacles are in my way, I can do it with the power of God, which means I have faith in God, and I believe in him. He's always there for me. This is where I think, or believe, that God is showing me how to overcome life's obstacles. I may not know how to, I don't, I may not know where they will come, but if I have faith in God and I know he's real, I will overcome these obstacles. I know this because God holds on to me, loves me, and won't give up on me. For, for example, this, I know this because how does God hold on to me? Well, I know this is by the church. They support me. 
They tell me how God loves me and chose me. In fact, God's words show how he loves me and others. One of the ways I know this is by God's love. He gave me great-grandparents. He gave me a great community. He gave me a lot of things I needed. I know he won't give up on me. It is by his love and compassion that he shows me he wants to be in a relationship with me. I rejoice in that. How will I look to this verse going forward in my life? One of the difficulties that I'm facing in my life is asking for help. For example, asking people that have authority, like teachers or my parents or anyone in general. This is difficult, but I have been overcoming these obstacles with my grandparents and some other people around me. I've been asking God for help, which is very difficult because I know God is great and powerful, and I'm, of course, his servant, but I feel that I won't matter to him. But I know that I will follow and live by his word and spread it. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. This verse is here to help me with asking God for help. When I look at my chosen verse and I see, and when I also look at God, I see that God has given me this verse to rely on him. When I'm out of, out of strength and I'm weak, I can overcome life's great obstacles that I will face through his strength alone. I pray that I will continue to rely upon this verse in my life because I will need this God's help through these times. I will need God to provide me with mental stability to help me so I will have faith in him to help me push through these struggled per struggles, preventing me from falling away from him. I confirm my faith in Jesus as my savior. My name is Noah Kirkland. My Bible verse is Matthew 6:14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I chose this Bible verse because I need forgiveness, and sometimes forgiveness seems hard to get. This Bible verse tells me that I can get forgiveness from God. My first question is, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is something God gives me. It is a gift. Forgiveness comes when I admit to him I did something wrong. God never withholds forgiveness when I go to him. The Bible verse even says that he has forgotten my sin and he still loves me. A Bible verse that talks about repenting or turning from my sin is Acts 2:38. Each one of you must turn away from your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven and you will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. Do I deserve forgiveness from God? The answer is no because I am sinful, super sinful, and I know it. I know because I sin a lot, and my heart and God's word shows me my sins. Even after I sin and know it's wrong, I still sometimes do it, even though God does not want me to. But God still chooses to forgive me. But why? 
Well, God forgives me because I trust him, confess, and turn away from my sin. A Bible verse that states that is Acts 3:19. Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. I confess and ask for forgiveness because he loves and forgives me. To turn away from my sin means to stop doing it and try to be more like him every day. God only forgives me if I believe in Jesus as my savior, confess and trust in his forgiveness. And I believe I am, I, and because I am forgiven, I am to then respond by forgiving others. Because when I forgive others, it shows I have been given new life and truly have turned from my sin. God's law lets me know that I did something wrong, but God still loves me. And it helps me get over feeling guilty and frees me to live his way. For as it says in Hebrews 10.22, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I know I can count on God to forgive me, because God said so, and the Bible is God's very word, and God is all perfect, so he keeps his promises. First John 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. Being forgiven makes me feel glad and open to forgive others. Finally, how will this Bible verse impact me for the rest of my life? It makes me realize God forgives me and will always love me. I now know that no matter what, God will forgive me, proving that forgiveness is more achievable than I thought. And he forgives me because I confess my sins. I also learned that God gives us forgiveness, even though we don't deserve it, because we confess our sins and he is merciful. What I have learned from this Bible verse is that everyone needs forgiveness. Forgiving others is helpful to everyone, because when I forgive someone else, I also let go of my anger towards them, and the person knows that, and it helps me restore my relationship to others and God. I also learned that God forgives me, even though I don't deserve it, and I should forgive others. So now I will live as a disciple of Christ and one who forgives others. I want to love God with my life because of everything he does for me, mainly forgiveness. Very good, thank you. Parker, you're up. Hello, my name is Parker Large, and my confirmation Bible verse is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is a powerful Bible verse for comfort and strength. No matter what life throws at me, I have confidence that God will meet me wherever I am and guide my path forward. God wants me to be sure of what he has done for me. The Bible says in 1 John 5.13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Suppose I were standing before God right now and he asked me, why should I let you into heaven? What would I say? I may not know what to reply. What I need to know is that God loves me and, prov and has provided a way that I can know for sure where I will spend eternity. The Bible states it, 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 it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That was John 3.16. When I pray, he is not only there for me, but is listening to me, sticking by my side, 
helping me with problems, teaching me the right thing to do. He also teaches me how to make the right decision in problems because I believe in Jesus as my Savior. I am sure he will always care for me and help, help me, and he will always allow me to go to heaven. I shouldn't be afraid of failing, being lost in life, or knowing that God isn't there. God cares about me and loves me, He always and he always will. So I should do what my heart tells me to, for I know that as I follow his ways, he will not lead me into failure. I also don't need to be afraid of anything because I live for Jesus. I should not be afraid of Satan or going to hell. I can be sure of this because I know I know God me from me. God is watching over me. I know that he will not lead me in temptation and delivers me from evil. I will never fear not knowing his presence, nor will I fear because he loves me no matter what I face. God is my shepherd according to Luke 12, 32. Jesus says, don't be afraid, little flock. Your father is pleased to give you the kingdom if we are God's flock, and he is our shepherd. The idea is that with God as my shepherd, I have no reason to fear. He is my father. I don't have to be afraid because I have a loving father in heaven. And the Bible verse, Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God helps me by encouraging me, saying, you can do it when I feel like I can't do something. He also helps me through prayers when I am afraid, when I feel weak, or I need something. God is there for me no matter the situation. His love is unconditional. In the Bible verse, 1 John 5.14, it says, this is the confidence I have in approaching God, that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. I have learned in confirmation and in life that God is faithful and is my real source of strength no matter what. God strengthens me by also making me feel happy when I'm sad. He can make me feel good. God loves me as much as everyone else, and he gives me joy. He died for me, and I always have hope because he saved me. He does tell us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. In weak parts of my life, he says everyone struggles with loneliness at some point. Whether I am going through something hard that I don't think anyone else understands or I'm facing a change in life where I just feel alone. God's word provides hope and strength. There is someone who is closer than a brother and is always with me. Jesus Christ is our friend and comforter. This comes from the Bible verse Deuteronomy 31.6. And in places I'm unsafe, he protects me and he loves me from his whole heart and with his very life. So again, God says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This verse assures me that he will be with me and give me strength. And he will help me in times when I am in need. He will encourage me to do things and do good. I will use this verse to encourage myself and do try harder. For followers of Jesus, there must be one driving force that trumps all others, namely a passion for knowing and following God's will and purpose in life as a follower of Christ. I will, I will succeed as I hunger and thirst for his will in my life. As a believer, I will find success when I seek God's will for every decision in life and refuse to move ahead until I know it. I will use this to guide my way in this life and into heaven.
So how many of you could do that when you were in fifth grade? One of the things that uh, happened is, uh, you know, not wanting to do them one-on-one, -on -one, but the blessing of being in class together. So fifth grade, sixth grade, ninth grade. Um, and what a joy to watch them uh, over this past year since we began, um, not only uh, grow uh, personally as young men in maturity, but in their faith and also in their relationship to each other. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. That's what these young men just did. They stood up, not knowing many of you, and they have said, this is what I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in there is a true God, and I believe in Him as my Savior. And by the way, one of the things we've talked about is this isn't just about a religion. It's about a relationship. And a relationship is that which is ongoing. And so, you know, encouraging them that the Bibles they received, write in them, highlight them, mark them, make notes when you're in a Bible study or you're studying on your own and hold on to it. Keep drawing from it. And throughout your life, do not stop living in that relationship and growing. As you sit here this morning and many of you are remembering when you stood up and you professed your faith, uh, as a, a young person, or maybe as an adult, but I want to remind you of something. It was not meant to be a one-time event. It's a daily event. When I get out of the bed, and some of you have heard me say this, and I've said it a few times with these guys, I figure repetition is one way to try to engrave things on people's minds and hearts. But I make the sign of the cross when I'm in the shower. You don't need to picture that. Um, <laughs> just picture the cross. And I remember my baptism. I remember being marked with the cross of Jesus Christ as a, a sign of one redeemed by Christ the crucified and marked on my heart as a sign of one redeemed by Christ the crucified. I was marked, I was christened, I was set apart, as were you. And when I do that, what I am also there saying to myself is, today, I choose that I will follow you that I will not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation. Think of uh, Joshua as he was leading the people into the promised land. And as they were, you know, wrestling with the realities of, you know, entering into this land and these foreign gods and were they going to follow the way of these people and these lands that they were entering into and follow the, the ways of those gods or were they going to follow the one true God who had already proven himself over and over again that he was faithful to his promises. That he had not only made them 
and provided for them and loved them, but he had redeemed them and brought them out of their bondage and their slavery. What I would encourage you then to do is to do what Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and start all over again. And whether you're 11, 15, 12, 13, 12, 56, 66, 86, choose every day. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You and I live in a world kind of similar to that which uh, uh, Joshua and the Israelites found themselves in. We have all kinds of philosophies and teachings and, for that matter, religions that are calling us to you know, abandon what we know to be true. Are we going to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel? I believe the Lord is calling me, these young men, and every single one of you, and everyone who identifies themselves as a follower and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to today and every day, stand up. Stand up in this world. Stand confident. Stand proud. Stand joyful. That I do believe. I know where my hope is. I know where my future lies. I know that I have a God who is holding on to me. I am. Stand up. Many of us sitting here have seen a lot of changes in the world over the last several decades. And I can only imagine what the world is going to look like and how it's going to continue to seemingly change before them. All the more reason you guys along with us need to stand on the solid ground and the solid rock of Jesus Christ and Him alone. One of the things that um, I rejoice in is knowing this. Here I am, I'm encouraging you and challenging you to um, stand up for Christ, uh, uh, to uh, know that you can be counted as one of his people and that you have no reason to be ashamed, but know this, he did that for you. He stood up for them and he stood up for all of us. And he offered himself then as that sacrifice. And now I love how the scriptures uh, tell us what he is doing now. It says he is interceding on our behalf before the Father's throne of grace. 
What a great thing to hear and to be assured of and to know with certainty. He stands up for you and for me. Will we continue to stand up for him and not be ashamed of the gospel and not worry about offending and not worry about somehow being perceived as intolerant, but just stand on this truth that we know to be true and let the world know that there is a God who loves them and who has a plan for them for this life and eternity. May that be our joy. May that be our peace. In Jesus' name, amen.